This is The Defrag. I'm James Parkinson. You're probably somewhat familiar with facial recognition, even if it's something you don't really think about. Maybe you use Face ID to unlock your iPhone or search Google Photos to see all the pics of your best friend. But there are more concerning uses of the technology, particularly in public settings. And one of the latest applications comes from MasterCard, who are trialling a new payment system powered by biometric authentication. So this system is based on uh, the cutting-edge face recognition technologies. My name is Rita Matulonite and I am a senior lecturer in law at Macquarie University. I research new technologies and what challenges they cause and how we can address those challenges and risks. And essentially what what customers will have to do is uh, first they will have to upload an uh, an app which will take their picture uh, as well as their um, uh, details about their you know uh, account uh, bank account details and other payment information and they will save this information into some database and then when you go to when a customer goes to the shop they will not they won't need a a bank card or a mobile or any other device to pay they will just watch the camera the camera will uh, scan their face and they'll try to match with the face in their database if they match it then the money will be deducted straight from the account and tr- transaction will be finished so essentially um, you will require only your face to pay for your goods it all sounds uh, very futuristic and potentially scary as well. Uh, what do we know about the third-party companies that MasterCard is partnering with and, and how some of this stuff kind of works on the back end? So um, MasterCard apparently they said they're collaborating with um, uh, many companies in, in US, in Europe and Japan. Um, and, um, uh, well, they are, have developed a framework of standards which these biometrics providers will have to comply with. And these companies will be the ones who will be collecting all our personal information, the, this biometric data of our face and account data and so on, and MasterCard will uh, not be involved in that. So it's a bit, of course, even more scary maybe because we know MasterCard and they have certain reputation, but we don't know those companies uh, who will be dealing with our data. Um, so, um, but yeah, so that's that's uh, at the moment still all in the first stages of trial. So uh, I suppose we'll, we'll see what will be the outcomes and whether we want them to have such technology in Australia as well. And where is this currently being tested and rolled out? And what do we know about the current trials and, and how they're performing? So they just started last week uh, in Brazil. Uh, and of course, we don't have yet any information about you know, how successful they are. Um, and then the next stage, they want to trial it Middle East and Asia. That, these are the immediate pl- plans. And if everything goes well, then uh, of course, MasterCard is considering rolling out around the world. So at the moment, uh, it's very, it's everything in the very early stages. Uh, so, uh, and we should wait and see how um, how the, the system performs. But we, of course, we should um, kind of recognize that face recognition technology is not uh, is not something entirely new. It's been already used in the in in various um, scenarios. So, starting from our mobile devices to unlock the device and um, uh, and at airport gates, um, uh, as well as by police and other authorities they've been trialing face remission technologies so um, so and and these results however show that especially those technologies when you have to 
not only to authenticate so the so-called one-to-one technologies um, such as um, in the airport they're using the airport you show your face and they check whether your face is the face on the password so that's one to one face recognition technology is much more reliable and much more accurate uh, while those technologies that MasterCard wants to use essentially it's much more complicated and they have shown previously they're not as accurate um, as um, people would like them to be and therefore I think there will be some difficulties um, because such face recognition technologies have been actually banned in the United States because of lack of accuracy and haven't been allowed in Europe. The ban has been requested as well for such technologies, at least as far as law enforcement is concerned. So there are a lot of, I think, still concerns about these technologies and uh, as, at least as far as accuracy is concerned. And uh, it, I think MasterCard might end up also seeing those problems in practice. Uh, what's MasterCard's reasoning for introducing facial recognition to their payment systems? Well, uh, the first thing uh, they say that will be very convenient and very um, kind of easy way to pay. This would reduce um, uh, waiting times in, in, in queues. Uh, another uh, reason they indicate is they suggest it would be safer than, for instance, some other payment methods where you, use, where you need to use a signature, which, well, it's not so much used in Australia anymore anyway. And they also say it's um, hygienic. Uh, as a, um, other te touchless technologies, you don't need to ch touch anything, so it's, it's more hygienic. Mm -hmm. um, these, these are the main three reasons that MasterCard is indicating. Do customers even want this kind of service in the first place? That's a really good question. Uh, so MasterCard is indicating that according to their, uh, their research, around 75% uh, or so consumers are willing to try such technologies. But there are a lot of studies that indicate the opposite. The, um, there are studies that suggest that 80 or uh, around 80% consumers do not trust such technologies to be in the retail sector. Um, so I, su I suppose it depends whom you ask. Coming up, the privacy concerns around facial recognition. That's after the break. Thanks for listening to The Defrag. Our goal with the show is to build a self-sustaining news brand that dives into and explores the intersection of technology, business, politics, and science. For the defrag to be a true success, we really need your support. We don't want to be reliant on just having to find advertisers, but we do want the core of our content to remain free. Which is why at our website, thedefrag.com, you can support the show by becoming a member of our free newsletter, or you can become a paid supporter. There are membership plans ranging from just $9 a month up to $50 a month, depending on how you want to support the show. And for your support, you'll get a range of different perks, including an ad-free version of the podcast, access to exclusive VIP events and live streams, and we'll send everyone that signs up a sticker pack. You can find out more at our website, thedefrag.com. What are the biggest privacy and safety concerns around this kind of payment system with facial recognition and the way data is being captured and stored in, uh, in this kind of system? 
Um, so as far as privacy co is concerned, I suppose the biggest problem at the moment is that we don't really know um, how this data will be uh, kind of co collected and especially processed. So we know that it will be collected by biometric service provider with whom MasterCard uh, collaborates. But then what happens then? How long this data is stored? Uh, how safely it is stored? Uh, for which purpose can be used? Can be used, for instance, for personal advertising? Can it be shared with other third parties and with whom? And can it be you know, traded with other third parties? And, you know, so um, these questions are very important. And I suppose um, this will be dealt uh, with through agreements. So when you upload, download the app, um, the, the company that provides service, they will dictate, you know, or explain how they want to use your personal data. If they want to, you know, share with somebody, will they um, kind of uh, keep it forever or until... Um, until you until certain particular situation and then you have no choice but to accept these conditions um yeah and and as we know users generally don't read those terms of use of these apps and even if they read the problem is that you don't have a, 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 an option to negotiate and i i think that's the biggest privacy concern um and safety concerns um of course, that such systems, like any, like any system, can be hacked. So, despite of the best efforts, of course, by service providers to protect those systems, we, we, we hear that even very reliable um, companies or government authorities that um, apply the the most recent standards still get hacked. They, we hear about data breaches, and this might be the case. And if your uh, data, your personal image, your bank account details um, uh, are released to somebody who shouldn't have them. It 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 can lead to a um, lot of um, problems, such as increased identity thefts and uh, um, uh, financial fraud instances. So I think this is what um, we really should be worrying about: that our data might end up in um, you know in bad hands. Mm. And we know some facial recognition technology has shown racial bias as well. Is that an issue here too? Yes, certainly. That's that's an issue. Um, so this there's an overall issue of uh, accuracy of these technologies. Um, uh, they have been certainly in, they've been improving over years, but they are still not perfect. And there are certain rates of so-called false negatives or false positives. Um, and uh, the the additional problem is that. Uh, technology is more or so less accurate on people from ethnic, ethnic and racial minorities. And you, in the United States, research has shown that most <clears throat> of these face recognition uh, modules available on U.S. market are biased towards people of black skin and Asian background. So when we asked MasterCard, like, how, what, what is the accuracy rates of, of the technology, they didn't get, give, give us an answer. But even if the technology shows very high accuracy rates while in being you know, validated in the lab, in real life scenarios, it of, often is much less um, accurate because of di like different la lightning, how the face you know, is, um, which angle you know, um, the face is looking into the camera and so on. And this, um, for instance, when, face, uh, when police was trialing these technologies in Germany and elsewhere, they found that accuracy rates were much lower than what the AI developers um, uh, kind of suggested. And, uh, and, and certainly even further lo lower to those already disadvantaged groups. And what that means in practice is that 
<clears throat> if, uh, let's say, you're a white male going to the shop, maybe this technology will work for you at the counter. But if the person of um, a darker skin or uh, some, uh, a, a, let's say, ethnic from ethnic minority, the technology might not identify them, and they, instead of making it more convenient, they would they would have to turn around and go to the queue and wait uh, to pay. Or even worse, the technology might mis misidentify them. It means like John would be identified as Peter, and then the amount of money would be deducted from Peter's account. And um, we don't know how um, such situations would be addressed yet. There's always friction between people and technology that offers convenience, but it also means that we have to sacrifice some privacy in the process. Do you think facial recognition for payments is going too far in this case? Um, I suppose it's a bit of maybe a personal value question. Some people do not really care about their own privacy, so they post a lot of information, their images all over social media, and they want everyone to, to, to see that. So probably they would certainly, you know, um, opt for a bit more convenience um, and give a bit more privacy away. But others, um, including myself, I think it is a bit too much. I, you know, I don't think that the half a minute or one minute that I save by using this technology is worth all these risks that are um, uh, that this technology per, uh, entails. And um, uh, yeah, I think uh, it, we need a bit maybe to wait a bit more uh, to see, you know, how. Uh, at least certain technological challenges are managed, how our, when we have to advocate for a bit more stringent privacy protection laws where not everything maybe is, um, is allowed and kind of just you, kind of if the consent is provided. And when, when we get these sticks, then we can consider using these technologies for such relatively, you know, uh, in situations where you can use any, uh, many other methods of payment. Also making news today. In an effort to quell the plunging Tesla share price, Elon Musk has made moves to no longer borrow against his Tesla shares to fund his purchase of Twitter. Musk's initial plan for purchasing Twitter involved $12.5 billion in loans that were secured against Tesla stock. Investors didn't love this idea and Tesla stock plunged and is currently trading over 30% lower than the start of May. Musk now says he'll provide an additional $6.25 billion in equity financing. In recent weeks, Musk has been publicly critical of Twitter's disclosure that less than 5% of accounts are spam, leading many to believe that he's hoping to acquire the company at a lower price to his initial offer. Boeing's new Starliner aircraft has returned to Earth following its voyage to the International Space Station. The Starliner is set to take astronauts from NASA to and from the ISS, but needed to demonstrate a successful, uncrewed flight. The Starliner capsule successfully completed its flight, albeit with some thruster issues. It landed by parachute in the New Mexico desert. And Sony says it's preparing to ramp up production of its PlayStation 5 console. Launched in November 2020, the PS5 has been hard to come by thanks to component shortages that have disrupted much of the electronics industry. But supply chains are improving, and Sony is forecasting sales of 18 million units this fiscal year.
The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced by me, James Parkinson, and Christopher Lawson. If you're enjoying the show and want to stay in the loop, join the Defrag community over on Discord. Just head to thedefrag.com and tap join our Discord. That's it for today. We'll speak to you on Tuesday.